about 15 minutes till seven, and I know you're probably wondering what time is he gonna get done tonight. Let me get this turned on here. I think it should be on now. Am I on? Testing. Yeah, we're on, all right. We're there. Um, so I'm going to do a very simple message, but a very important message, I think. But in order to start it off, because these are kind of seem to be, I told you about this morning, I felt like it's sort of the dog days of summer. I don't know when that really is, but uh, as I looked at everybody, you look pretty dogged out. So you uh, uh, kind of have that, that feeling. And, uh, you know, we a lot of times we actually misquote scripture. We'll say laughter doeth good like a medicine. It's really not. Uh, it's a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And sometimes we kind of correlate those, those two. But uh, but I'm just, I thought, it, even though it's not exactly the scripture, uh, laughter doeth good like a mess, and I thought I would try to help you in these dog days. So I'm going to tell you a story. I told this to the kids on the bus, and so I'm going to tell it to you because you're going to be teenagers on the bus going to camp just for a minute. Are you ready? Somebody better smile at me. All right. Uh, this is the, uh, what I call the old man on the moped. Okay. So there's this, um, this is a real rich guy. Uh, his name is Donald Trump. No idea. Uh, there's this real rich guy, and he was driving a Jaguar, uh, and he, was, he had left New York, and he was on this trip in his Jaguar. Anybody here know what a Jaguar is? You know what a Jaguar is? What's a Jaguar, Brother Kenzie? It's a, it's a nice car. No, it's a cat. You're pretty stupid there. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, see, no matter which way you go on that, you're going to get hit. So... But no, it's a, it's a very nice, nice car, a Jaguar, and he was driving this Jaguar, and he came down into the hills of West Virginia, and he started looking for a gas station, and he couldn't find one. He kept looking, kept looking. He's about to run out of gas. He finally finds a little one-pump gas station, uh, kind of like we used to have out in the country around here, a little one-pump gas station, and he pulls up to it, and he thought, you know, I got to get my gas and get out of this hick town. You know, I just got to get away from here, and so he pulls up there, and he's pumping his gas. About the time, here comes this old, old man. He's got his blue jeans on, got his suspenders on, got his little hat on, and he comes up, not exactly, he should have had a straw hat, but he had his hat on. He comes riding up on his moped. Does it look like it? All right. He comes riding up on his moped, and he comes riding up there right up to that car, and he goes, woo-wee, is this an airplane? And the, and the guy says, old man, he says, get out of the way. He said, you know, I don't have time for this. The old man says, will it go fast? And he says, old man, go away from me. Just go away. And he says, my moped will go fast. And he says, that's enough. He shoves the old man back. He t jumps in his car and he takes off. He's flying down the, the, the road there and he's in those hills and he's going about 80 miles an hour and he's just flying and he sees that old man catching him. He's catching him. He couldn't believe it. He looks in the rearview mirror, and here comes that old man right past him. He said, this is impossible. How could that old man pass me on that moped at 80 miles an hour? And about that time, he comes right back by him again. He said, now this is crazy. He puts that Jaguar up to 100 miles an hour, and he's going across those hills. He looks in the rearview mirror. Here comes that old man. He says, man, that's crazy. How does he do that? And he, and he looks, and he goes past him, and all of a sudden, 
right past him again. He said, this is, I got to get out of here. This is insane. He puts a Jaguar up to 120 miles an hour. Now he's just kind of skipping across the top of those hills. He's going across the top. And all of a sudden, in his rearview mirror, here he comes. But this time, he's barely hanging on. He's just hanging on, and he comes by. And you see him, when he comes by, he's coming by so fast, his jaw's going. Right past him. When he comes back by, he comes by him, and this time his teeth are doing this. His false teeth are going. And man, that guy said, That's enough. He pulls that that old Jaguar over. I mean, yeah, he pulls that Jaguar over. He stops it, and he said, I got to talk to this old man. I got to find out how in the world he gets that moped to go so fast. So he pulls over, and that that old man comes up there. Put, 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 put. Comes right up to his door. And the guy looks at him and says, oh, man, I got to know. How you get that moped to go so fast? The old man says, sir, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm sure glad you stopped so I could get my suspenders out your door. <laughs> hey, man. Now, if you have mental pictures of that, I, I always thought, the first time I heard it, I thought, oh my goodness, if those suspenders had stopped, snapped, he'd be in an orbit someplace. He'd be gone. Now, you say, what does that got to do with my message? Not a whole lot, but actually the title of this message is, How Can I Be Happy? How can I, anybody want to be happy? It feels good to laugh, doesn't it? It really does. It feels good for me for you to laugh if I tell a story, because if you don't, that's kind of miserable. I got to show you this. I showed the kids, but just hold on. I'm, since he's here, I'm going to show you. This is my daddy without teeth. So, anyway, you never expected this when you came to church, did you? She's like, what did I get into here? This is home folks here, so uh, how can I be happy? What I'm going to do is uh, pretty quickly, and in probably 9, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, I'm not sure, um, I'm going to read off a bunch of verses to you, because in the Bible, it tells us numerous times, happy is he. And everybody's wanting to be happy. Now, I don't think we really understand what happiness is, but everybody wants to be happy. And I, Job chapter 5, verse 17, you don't have time to turn to these. I'm going to go through them so fast. But if you want to write them down or you want to, if, you, if you're going to do a sword drill and go to it, you can. But Job chapter 5, verse 17 says, Behold, listen to this, Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Amen. Woo! First one, that's kind of a mess, isn't it? Happy is the man whom God correcteth. Man, none of us are really happy. Therefore, despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. Hey, look, Job says you ought to be happy if God corrects you. That's amazing. The great struggle for so many uh, is this thing of correction. But correction, we got to understand this, correction is from God for our good. And that's why it ought to make us happy. If God corrects me, one, anybody know where I'm going? One, that, makes, that tells me I'm his child. 
Isn't that good? If God corrects me, I'm a child. If he never corrects you for anything that you're doing in your life, you're probably not his child. And I just hate to put it that way. I can't judge your salvation. But if he's never correcting you, there's an issue here. Because he says if you're his child, he will correct you. And so happy is the one. We can be happy. I can be happy that I'm his child. I can be happy that he loves me enough to correct me. I can be happy that he loves me and he will cares about what I'm doing and where it's going to take me. Amen? So Psalm chapter 127, verse 3 through 5 says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man soared children of the youth. Listen to this. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. Watch this. Happy is the man that have his quiver full of them. God just God says a quiver. Now, they, there's all kinds of listening. Some people say a quiver is five. Some people say it's 12. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly where it is. I hope it's five. Amen? Uh, because we, unless mama get busy, um, we got a ways to go here. But the fact is, children are to bring great happiness. They will if they are made to be arrows in the hand of a mighty man. That's the key. He says, as arrows in the hand of a mighty man, if you have children who are arrows in the hand of a mighty man, then you can be happy. And you say, what does that really mean? That means our children, they're sharp, and they're, they're directed, and they're pointed somewhere, and they're going to go and take the truth to a lost and dying world. And you know what? If you have children, a lot of children, then you can get the word out. If they're trained right, if they're taught right, they can, they can spread the gospel like nobody else can spread it. I tell them all the time. I told one of my kids the other day, you have to understand your greatest influence are those kids because your greatest probability of making them what you are. Okay, if you're trying to be like Christ and you believe in the direction you're going and you're believing what you're doing, your greatest possibility of having somebody that's close to where you're, what you believe and where you're going, that's your children. Now, the simple truth is the youth group, I want to have an influence in their life, but, but if I can get them to be 50% of where I'm going, I, I, honestly, I'm, I'm going to be doing good. But my children, I'd love to see them to be 90%. Psalm 128, one, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the man, that is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. This is three, three different places. God's already told us that we can be happy. Lord, I just want to be happy. Here it is. Here it is. And, and what does this mean? Simply this. Fear and follow God brings happiness. If we will fear and follow God. And look, you will follow God if you fear God. And the reason we don't follow God is that we really don't have a fear of God. And I don't mean afraid, oh, God. I don't mean that kind of fear. I mean, God, you're God. You're almighty. I will respect. I will reverence. I will submit. Psalm 144, verse 15 says, Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Now, what does that statement really mean? What does it really mean? It hinges on this, this it emphasizes whose God is the Lord. Wait a minute, ain't God the Lord already? Whose God is the Lord. Many have a God, but happy are those whose God is supreme in their life. It's one thing to have a God. It's one thing to say that God is your God. It's wholly different to have 
God be the Lord in your life. Now, it's, a, it's you know, we're almost afraid of that little phrase, the Lord of our life, but the simple truth is, now, the truth is, He is Lord. I can't make Him Lord. He already is Lord now, but I can work toward making Him Lord of my life. Uh, let Him be supreme in my life. And what it's really saying here is when, when we submit to God, let God start working in us, let God change us, let God correct us, let God work in us, and when he really becomes, he's not just, oh, he's a distant God. Oh, he's God of the universe. No, he's Lord over us. Does that make sense? He's, it's a different thing. And so Psalm 146, verse 5. Psalm 146, verse 5. Happy is he that hath God of Jacob for his help, whose help is in the Lord his God. When our God becomes our Lord, we also realize he is our help and hope in all things. When we really, when it goes from being just a distant God to the being Lord present and over our lives, now we understand he's our help and he's our hope in everything that, we, that goes on in our life. And what, is, what happens when we understand that? We're happy. If you really let God be God right now in your life, right now, if you say, any year in my life, God, you can be God, what's going to happen is what I just saw in the back row, you're going to smile. Okay? So you say, what if I'm not smiling? Well, then I know you hadn't done it yet. So I'm trying to get everybody smiling. And the fact is, is that we, it really does something to you when you're at peace just saying, okay, God, I can't handle this crazy life. You're in charge. And all of a sudden, we can have peace about this. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I, okay, I struggled uh, this morning. I, I really felt like, okay, I just don't know if I, I, I did a good job or not in delivery and the presentation or even the right topic. And I think, Lord, I prayed. I, I, you know, this is where you directed me. This is where you took me. And I came and walking in this evening and somebody walked up to me and said, here was a situation, here was an issue. And, you know, it was the, the it's just like, the one thing that I thought, okay, I'll just kind of sideline, pull this in as an illustration, and that was Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 through 18. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Talking about wisdom. Length of days is in her, hand, in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is the tree of light to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. God says you can be happy if you have wisdom. Now watch, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all that getting, get understanding. And who gets wisdom and who gets understanding? Those who find and keep wisdom find life and happiness, but who gets it? Those who allow God to be Lord. It all falls in place here, Proverbs 14, 21. He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. Everywhere I go, we were eating last night, my wife, if somebody asked us about our church here, and my wife said, 
It is the most loving church we've ever been in. Traveled all over the nation, traveled everywhere. It's the most loving church we've ever been in. My sister-in-law crossed the, the, the sea from, they've never joined here. They've never, and, and praise God, I mean, I, I'm just thrilled that they come and visit and come be here and come enjoy and come help out. I'm thrilled. But she, without hesitation, told everybody at the table, and they go to different churches, she said, and even her church was represented there. And she looked and she said, what she tells you is the truth. I've never been in a more loving church in my life. Amen. Now, why is that? Because you're happy. Happy. Now, why are you happy? Watch this. Because this church has, can, has and continue to have mercy on the poor. Amen. We finished this service tonight. And there's a lady, and they're supposed to call at 7.30. And if she can't come to get the food, then Joe Beth and I will be driving to Midtown to take the food to her. But, you know, that's what probably the most prevalent call that we get in this church. As I'm here, it's I hear that you have a food pantry. And, you know, I'll tell them, we're a small church. We don't have much, but what we have, we will share. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's incredible how sweet people are and how many people we get to win to the Lord because of it. Uh, but God has blessed and, and because we run buses, because we care, because this church still cares about the poor. Have mercy on the poor. And, and God says, That's happy. that person, happy is he. Proverbs 16, 20 says, He that handleth the matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. When God is our Lord and He guides us, we learn we can trust in His direction for us. He will never lead us to anything but happiness in Him. You understand? It's one of the key prayers that I have. Lord, You've ordered my steps. You've directed my steps. God, don't let me be tempted to leave the path that You've directed for me. Proverbs 28, 14 says, Happy is the man that feareth always, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. When our God is our Lord, our, our, then we will fear, reverence him always, for the Lord never stops being the Lord. He only stops being the Lord. Listen to this now, what this thing says. He only stops being the Lord of our lives when we harden our hearts toward him. Happy is the man that feareth always, so that means all the time we have that reverence, that fear of God, and that he is allowed to, that reverence, that fear allows him to be the Lord of our lives. And watch this, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. You're not going to be happy when you fall into mischief. And that's the opposite of being happy. And when does that happen? When we harden our hearts towards God. Proverbs 29, 18, when there's, there's no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Simple obedience to God's word brings happiness, and this obedience occurs when God is Lord. When he is really Lord, we obey. Obedience brings happiness. And then John chapter 13, verse 16 through 17 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye that do them. Jesus illustrates that the servant is the one who is happy not being served. You're not, you're not happy by being served. You're, you're happy when you serve. A servant is one who no longer, listen to this, no longer wants to be Lord of his life. He allows God to be Lord of his life. 
James 15, 10, 11, and uh, through 14, I believe it is. But uh, no, I'm sorry, 10 and 11. It says, take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. And, and 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13, 14, Who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? But And if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. But it was, uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14 says, if, But if you, if you rep- be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. Jesus taught that struggles will come, suffering in this life will come, persecutions may come, but if we have allowed God to be Lord of our lives, what will come out of even persecution and suffering is happiness. Happy are ye that suffer reproached or afflicted for Christ's sake. Now, I'm done, but what is really this happiness? Is it laughter No, I think laughter is wonderful. I think sometimes it's just good to laugh. But that's not really happiness. That's a momentary emotion. Matter of fact, you can laugh till you almost, till you cry. You can laugh to, to, uh, you know, just, you just absolutely hurt. And five minutes later, be in total depression. Is it joy? Not really for joy is a result of being happy. If you want to be happy, here's you got to understand what it is. Happiness is when God blesses you extremely. Happiness is being blessed by God. In all these verses, what God was saying was, you do these things, and I'm going to bless you. And can I tell you the reason it's translated happy? Is because in our vernacular, when you get blessed by God, it makes you happy. It makes something happen. It's just, it's something good about it. Being blessed by God and God's promises, His blessing upon all those, they, they come through all those ways we just listed. If you want to be happy, God's told us how. It's listed. If you really want to be happy, just read the scripture as I just did, and it's, not all of them, that's a lot of them. Happy is that people, always remember this, whose God is the Lord. Very important part of this message, the old man was not happy when his life was out of control. The old man on the moped. When he was going way that way and when he was flying way that way, I don't think he was on that moped happy. When he was barely hanging on and doing this, I don't think he was happy right there. I don't know if you've ever held on to something. I was on a merry-go-round thing. I don't know what it was. It's right here in Memphis. We went to the fairgrounds. Our daughter was about two and a half, three years old, something like that. She had a little bitty thing, our oldest daughter. And we got on one of those things that spins around while it goes around. And I got on there with her. And I said, is she big enough? And the old guy, he's probably smoking dope. He really, he just like, yeah, man, it's, it don't matter, you know. And so I said, okay, we'll get up there. And he turned the thing on. He started talking to some girl. We must have been on that thing for 10 minutes. <laughs> and it was going faster and faster and faster. And we were, and I'm thinking, you know, I was thinking, I think I'm going to get sick. Then I realized my little girl is sliding out of here. So for, for forever, it seemed like I got my arm locked around her. 
and I'm trying to hold in, and it's just this one little simple bar here, and we're both kind of sliding out of it. Can I tell you, when you're in that condition, you're out of control, you're not happy. You're not happy at all. You're not happy until this ride stops and you come back in and you surrender and you kiss the ground. He was happy when he was blessed to have his suspenders out of that door. And this is a lot of what God is saying. He's saying, you know what? You got your suspenders hung up in the devil's door. And he's running you everywhere, and he's slinging you this way, and he's slinging you that way, and he's got you in fear, and he's got you just overwhelmed. And he said, you know what you need? You need for God to be Lord because God can slam that car, the brakes on that car, and stop it and get your suspenders out that door. What a message. You say, what's the theme of this tonight? You need to get your suspenders out of his door. God can stop the old devil's car. But you need to get your suspenders out of his door. And then you'll find happiness. And what does that really mean? Let him stop being just a God in the distance. But let him be the Lord in the present. Does that make sense to everybody? And that starts, of course, with salvation. And so we'll never go past that. But if you don't know for sure, if you died, you go to heaven, got to get that settled. And then we can go to the next, next place. I had you... Think about that during the Lord's Supper, but, but do you really know for sure you're saved? Let's bow our heads very quickly and